Welcome to episode three of our Chapel podcast series, Fruit of the Spirit. This week's fruit is joy, brought to you by Trinity College Queensland, presented by Dr. Rachel Crone. So you'll notice that the fruit on the PowerPoint slide this week is a lemon. And I thought the lemon was appropriate for a week in which I, of all people, am called to preach on joy of all virtues. Because joy does not come naturally to me. And the way that people talk and sing about joy often leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And so the lemon is fitting. I remember a time when I was in the midst of a very deep, months-long depressive episode. And I was in church on Sunday morning, and the song that was being sung is what I would call a happy, clappy song. And there's nothing wrong with happy, clappy songs, so don't hear that from me. But in that particular happy, clappy song, um, it had the refrain, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And everyone around me was singing it like they really meant it. And I just stood there in tears, unable to sing, because if I have one virtue, it's that I won't lie to God. And I wasn't going to sing about a joy that I felt incapable of experiencing. Everyone else was experiencing the joy of the Lord. Everyone else seemed to get it. Everyone else seemed enlivened by the joyful Holy Spirit of God. And I was not. And this happens to me a lot. I hear Jesus' words, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think, where's my rest? And I hear, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think, why does it feel so heavy? What am I doing wrong? I hear, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think, nope. So what am I doing wrong that I walk around weary and heavy laden and joyless? What kind of a dysfunctional Christian person am I? Well, there's a lot of reasons that joy does not come easily to me, and I'll save most of those for my therapist. But I wonder if you have ever felt the same way. Weary, heavy laden, worn out, joyless. As I so often say, the Old Testament is here to help. (laughs) (laughs) So our passage today is from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet, and with good reason. Jeremiah lived in an unenviable time with an unenviable calling to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant, Jeremiah 1.10. And so this was not work for the faint of heart. And in addition to having a difficult vocation, Jeremiah lived in a time when all the prophets around him were preaching what people perceived to be good news. In Jeremiah 14, 13, Jeremiah says to God, Here are the prophets saying to them, You shall not see sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you true peace in this place. And the Lord replies, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. 
They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. By sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed, and the people to whom they prophesy shall be thrown out into the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and sword. And that was the word that Jeremiah got to deliver. All the other prophets around him were wrongly preaching peace and prosperity, but Jeremiah had to preach famine and sword. You can imagine the warm reception. (laughs) And yet the early chapters of Jeremiah are teeming with dialogue. We see here a man contending with God, receiving words from God, but also offering words to God. A man who disputes, who laments, who barters, and who argues with God's people on behalf of their God. And in Jeremiah, we see a man who submits himself to God's authority, who receives and proclaims God's words of judgment. And Jeremiah gets abuse. People plot against him. He's banished from the temple. He's turned away. Everybody curses him. There is no no honor for a prophet in his hometown. Am I right? But in the midst of all this chaos and this stress, in the midst of heavy burdens and actual heavy yokes, in chapter 27, uh, Jeremiah literally walked around with a yoke on his neck. In the midst of all of this, in chapter 15, Jeremiah talks about joy. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For your name is called over me, O Lord, God of hosts. Right there in verse 16, you have joy in the middle of a suffering sandwich. In the very next verse, Jeremiah goes right back to lamenting. But here in verse 16, your words came and I ate them. And they became my joy and the delight of my heart. For your name is called over me, O Lord God Almighty. Now this is the kind of joy I can relate to. Everything is terrible. I'm in the pit of despair. It's all I can do to get up every morning and put one foot in front of the other. And yet, your words came to me and I ate them. And they were my joy and my heart's delight. Why? Because the name of the Lord, the God of hosts, is called over me. The words of the Lord are our joy and our heart's delight because in the midst of our despair, God speaks tenderly to us, giving us a glimpse of God's glory, giving us a brief window into God's purposes, which are all-encompassing and redemptive and good The words of the Lord are our joy and our heart's delight because God speaks God's own name over us, claiming us as God's own precious possession. And so while we are turned inward and weighed down with despair, God calls God's own name over us, calling us to lift up our eyes and to take on God's perspective. And so when we eat God's word, When we take them into our bodies where the Holy Spirit of the living God dwells, we recognize that everything is fleeting, a chasing after the wind, 
everything is here today and gone tomorrow, including our sorrow. And so when we eat God's words, when we internalize them and ponder them and question them and argue with them, then God brings about a joy that is deeply rooted in God's own life, God's delight in us, even when we're standing in church and we're crying because we can't say that we have any joy. I often hear it said that joy and happiness are not the same thing, and that we can have joy even when we're not happy. And I, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that joy is a gift of the Spirit, just as the scriptures are a gift of the Spirit. And so if you are not joyful, there's nothing wrong with you. The seeds of joy have been sown, but they just haven't flowered, and they just haven't borne fruit yet. And so if everyone else around you can sing, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and you can't do it, it's okay. Because you cannot produce joy in yourself any more than you can conjure up God's love or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control. These are gifts. They're gifts that God grows in us. They're not wages paid for our striving. You can't produce joy in yourself, but you can eat. When the word of the Lord comes to you, eat. And trust that it, like the body of Christ in the sacrament, like the Holy Spirit dwelling deep in your person, the word of the Lord will produce enough joy and enough delight that you can keep putting one foot in front of the other. Because that's the gift of God. Let's pray. Most merciful, compassionate, and yes, joyful God, we come to you with open hearts and open hands to receive, to eat your word spoken to us afresh, to receive the body and blood of Christ into our bodies, to receive your word in our inner person so that we might delight in you. We believe joy is possible. We believe, Lord, help our unbelief. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This podcast was brought to you by Trinity College Queensland. Honest answers to tough questions. Visit trinity.qld.edu.au to learn more.